Throughout this month of December, we've been looking at this idea of a savior. Rick kicked off everything in the first week by going all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Genesis. And he was looking at why we needed a savior. Sometimes it seems counter to the way that we live to say that we need uh, somebody to save us because we, we try to be strong, independent people. But what we saw was that our need for a savior it goes way deeper than what we could even imagine. It's not something that we can fix ourselves because it comes from that original sin of Adam and Eve. And ever since that sin, everybody throughout history has been saddled with that sin nature that we just can't get rid of. We can't heal it on our own. So we saw why we needed a Savior. Adam and Eve may have given us a sin nature that has infected everything ever since, but God wasn't content to just leave it that way. And he put a plan into action. A plan that was alluded to basically throughout the entire Old Testament. That plan was the promise of a Savior. We saw in the second week of December that God, in dealing with the fallout from Adam and Eve and the serpent, he, he basically said what was going to happen. That the woman's offspring would, and the serpent's offspring would be hostile to one another. And the serpent was going to strike at the woman's offspring's heel. But the promised Savior, who was that offspring, would crush the serpent's head. We saw when looking at Isaiah chapter 9 that this Savior would be a child born to us and a son given to us. He would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and he would reign as King forevermore. And last week, this picture which was a little blurry in the beginning. It's, it's starting to come a lot more into focus when there was an announcement of a Savior. A messenger from heaven visited a couple who were betrothed to be married, Mary and Joseph. And in separate visits to them, they were told that Mary would become pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit and that the child would be that Savior of the world. How do you even respond to that? Well, they, they just did as the angel told them. And they praised God like we saw, especially with Mary's song from Luke chapter 1. And that brings us to one of the most important days in history. I mean, think about it. The, the whole Bible really leading to this point, the birth of the Savior. Now, only two of the four Gospels have accounts about the birth of Jesus, Matthew and Luke. Today, we're really going to look at Luke's account. But everything it's led to here really led to a small town just a few miles south of the city of Jerusalem. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, Everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
Mary and Joseph, they lived in the northern part of the country of Israel in a little town called Nazareth in the region of Galilee. The nation of Israel was, like most countries in the Mediterranean at the time, under Roman occupation. And the Caesar, Caesar Augustus, wanted a census to happen. And and what that did was it forced the people to go back to their hometown where their ancestry is. As we look in the genealogies that are found in Luke chapter 3 or Matthew chapter 1, you can see that Joseph came from the line of David, and, and therefore he was required to travel to Bethlehem, which would have been about a three-day journey. About, I think it's about 70, 75 miles. I figure it's, it's basically from here to Carmel. Imagine walking that. Can you imagine walking that with a very pregnant Mary? Now, I know when somebody's pregnant nowadays, they tend not to travel, but, I mean, then, like, can you even picture it? Like, ladies, can you imagine in your ninth month making a three-day journey through the country while maybe riding a donkey along the way? Or, or guys, like, can you imagine taking your very pregnant wife on that journey? I mean, honestly, I think the, I think the women could probably handle it way better than what we could, but... They safely made the trip, and then it was time. Verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. All kinds of people were coming back into the small town for the census, and all the extra rooms were taken. There was no room for them anywhere except the only place that seemed to be left, which was a stable. And again, can you, can you put yourself there? I mean, think about what that would have been like. Think about the textures of things, the hay, the dirt, the animals. Think about the smell. They didn't have the modern amenities that we would. There's no doctor, no nurse. They didn't have anywhere to lay the child down except for the manger, which is a feeding trough. But it was there that Mary gave birth to the Savior. And that's not not what you would normally think of with a king's birth, especially Emmanuel, God with us. I bet there would usually be this huge celebration when a king is born. There would be here, too but it was unlike any celebration that we would ever have. Verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and Gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. How amazing would it have been to be able to see that? Those shepherds, they were invited to do something that nobody else was able to do, to see the newborn king. Many have said it over the years, but this shows that Jesus came for everybody because the shepherds were the lowest standing in that culture, some of the lowest standing people in that culture. And yet a heavenly host appeared to them to tell them the good news of great joy that a king was born. They go and see the baby and then they couldn't keep it to themselves. They went out and they told everybody. They told them of the birth of the Savior. The Savior for whom they've been waiting. The Savior who would save humanity from its sins. That same Savior who would grow up and have a following and three-year ministry. And then he would be arrested and he would die for those sins. He who was sinless died for all people. But before all of that, on a night in a small town called Bethlehem, the Savior was born. And so, I just have a question for you. What will you do with that? Maybe today you have not followed the Savior yet, but would you consider it? We've seen the need, the announcement, the promise, now the birth. Maybe maybe we'll be like the shepherds. You've been given this good news of great joy. Everybody here that's followed Jesus already, you've been given that good news. So what are you going to do with it? You just hold on to it for yourself? Or will you, like the shepherds, spread the word? Spread that good news to everybody because everybody needs it. The good news of the birth of the Savior. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for that good news of great joy that we celebrate today on the day of Jesus' birth. Father, we... We know that you have, that you love us so much that you sent your only son to die for us. And yes, while we celebrate the birth today, we also remember, continue to remember that he came as well to be the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for our sins that we cannot be. So Lord, at this time in our service, we come around the table for communion We take the bread that is his body, that is broken. We take the wine that is the blood that was spilled. And we take the time to remember the sacrifice that was made. Lord, we do remember, we do love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.